0: Welcome to the A Game Podcast, episode number five. Hope you guys all have had a phenomenal week. This is going to be posted on a Monday instead of the Sunday. We're doing some more editing, we're working on some new logos, some merchandise. We're doing it all, and we're just going to continue to build off of the product we already have. I'm your host, Dan O'Neill. As I said before, this is the A-Game, and I want to thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for following me on Spotify and Instagram. My TikTok account will be releasing shortly, as well as my new YouTube channel. But as for now, I got some sports. I got some sports over this last week. A lot went on, and especially because Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Eric Bledsoe went to the Los Angeles Clippers, in exchange for Patrick Beverley and Rajon Rondo. Now, in my opinion, I don't like this deal for either side. I really don't. The Clippers take on a massive contract in Bledsoe for not too much production. The Pelicans take on an old Rajon Rondo and an expensive Patrick Beverley. If I were to pick a winner in this deal, I would say the Pelicans, because of Patrick Beverley's influence on defense and the way Rajon Rondo can be that role player come playoff time now the Pelicans are not going to make the playoffs this year but for years to come for the next couple years Rajan is in the league he will be good there I don't know if he's going to stay around but if he does he's always good wherever he goes as a role player type now Eric Bledsoe he had a down year in Nola playing alongside Zion Lonzo didn't get much playing time with Josh Hart because Josh Hart does what Eric Bledsoe does just a little bit better, 3 and D. Now, Bledsoe can take that step once again, I'm sure of it. But it's got to take something from him this offseason. He's got to refine that jump shot, start shooting about 35 40% from there, just get better. And then he's just got to take on the role-player role. That's exactly what he has to do. And I know I jumped in on NBA a little quickly. I didn't have the intro because I really wanted to get that off my chest. I want to shout out my boy Keeve once again. He's helping me make some logos. So that is going to be awesome. Now, speaking of Josh Hart, he is going back to the Pelicans. They're close on a three-year deal according to Adrian Wojnowski. I love the deal. Three-indie player. He's improved every season. He's bound to improve again. But I do not think the Pelicans are that level. They're not that good just yet. But they have Zion. They have Ingram. They don't have Lonzo anymore. But Hart's going to be there. Rondo and Beverly. So continuing with the NBA. I'm going to release my preseason power rankings coming soon. But as I said in my previous podcast, my finals prediction as of now is Nets Warriors. I'm going to stick by that. I like what the Warriors are doing. I like Kaminga. I like Moody. I like what they're bringing. Clay's coming back. And this is is assuming that Clay comes back to his all-star self. Because I think he will. That is what I'm predicting. That Clay Thompson comes back to his all-star self. If he doesn't come back to his all-star self, then this team's not going to be that good. But I assume he's going to be back to his all-star self. He's going to continue to dominate. And the Warriors are going to dominate and make the finals and play the Brooklyn Nets, the big three of the league. Yesterday, some NFL news real quickly. We had Trey Lance, and we had many other rookies, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, All a ton of rookies in the NFL, ball out. It was exciting. I loved every minute of it. As a Niner fan, Trey Lance dazzled. He did exactly what what I thought he was going to do. He's perfect for the Shanahan offense, really good play-action passer. He can run the ball, athletic, tall. He fills every single box. Now, Justin Fields showed a lot of the same stuff. I know it's preseason. Everybody was clowning on him. He said, the game feels really slow to me, and everyone's like, yeah, because it's preseason. So we'll see what happens as he continues to move forward. I really hope Matt Nagy sits down, has a cup of coffee, and says, Justin Fields is my starter week one. Justin Fields is that dude. Because if he doesn't, and yes, Andy Dalton run out there week one, it's just not good. It's not good enough. Nick Foles is not good enough. Justin Fields is that guy. And let him start week one. I know you want to ease him into the system, but I only agree with easing into a system when you have a solid quarterback in place. Now, for example, the San Francisco 49ers have a solid quarterback in place with Jimmy G when healthy. So Trey Lance can go under that. Jordan Love, solid, maybe the best quarterback in football, Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love's behind him. All these guys with great star power in front of them learn a lot better. But if you don't have that star power in front of them, throw him out there and get him some experience. This is not the year for the Bears, and I think Matt Nagy and that whole coaching staff knows that. But rushing Justin Fields, in my opinion, is not a thing. You put him out there week one, you have him play all 17 weeks, you see where you stand, you see what you need to pick up in the offseason to be better for the future. That is exactly what you need to do. But I don't want to hear any of this malarkey of putting Andy Dalton, a seasoned vet who's a backup at best, starting. Come on now. You really think that's good marketability also for your franchise? No. Nobody wants to see Andy Dalton run out there. No Bears fan wants to see Andy Dalton run out there. We have to be realistic with ourselves. So, enough hate on the Bears. I think they'll be fine. They have great defense. But I did like what I saw with all of the rookie quarterbacks yesterday. Zach Wilson also played pretty well. I think the Jets are kind of sleeping this year. I can see them winning five games. I know that sounds silly, but five games I could see it I don't see like another one of those two and 15 two and 14 seasons this is going to be a decent year it's not going to be good but it's going to be it's going to be okay so that's what I got for the NFL I released my preseason power rankings I got some feedback on it from my buds buds it's my friends and you know they, they had mixed emotions I put the Niners at four and they were like oh you're a Niner fan yeah but I really think that this team is still the second best, if not the best in the NFC. Here's why. You have everybody returning, basically, except DeForest Buckner. And if they're all healthy, that team is going to be insane. They also picked up Trey Sermon in the draft, Aaron Banks, the offensive tackle out of Notre Dame in the second round. You got Trey Lance, obviously, who can run a dual quarterback system with Jimmy throughout the playoffs, keeping the defense off balanced. So many options with this team. And not to mention, their defense is top 10, if not top 5. So they fill all the boxes if Nick Bosa comes back healthy. Richard Sherman's holding out. He's not going to be here. But if all those things fall into place, I see them being if not second, if not the best in the NFC. I think the Buccaneers are still better because why would I not bet on a team that is bringing everybody back and just won a Super Bowl? Why would I not? That would be a crime of myself as a sports fan to not put them at one. That's just disrespectful. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, arguably the greatest athlete of all time. I can't put it past him again. I've put it, I have put it past him last year. I put it past the Patriots. I was a Brady hater for a while. But, I embraced the hate and I became not a lover, but an acceptor where I just accept that he's the greatest. I'm a Niner fan. I love Joe Montana. He is the second greatest, but it's not close. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. So the Bucks are one. I really like the Bills in the AFC along with the Chiefs. I see the Bills Chiefs AFC Championship once again, and I see bucks Niners NFC Championship. Now, I know the Rams could easily be ahead of the Niners, the Rams could easily win NFC West. I do agree, but Stafford hasn't played in big games his whole career. I know he's been on the lines and he hasn't had help, but I can't just expect a guy, I know he has the talent, he is a top 10 talent at quarterback in this league, but I don't know if he's going to go into LA and just all of a sudden perform. I just can't, I can't expect that. You see Francisco Lindor, this is completely off topic, but it's it is relatable. Francisco Lindor in the MLB. He played for the Cleveland Indians for the longest of time. They didn't really contend until 2016, where they ultimately blew a 3-1 lead in the World Series to the Cubs. Shocker. Actually, they did not blow a 3-1 lead. Excuse me. That was, that's the dumbest thing I've ever said. They did lose in the World Series, though. I was thinking the Braves last year. But the Indians lose in the World Series. Francisco Lindor... He's an Indian. That team hasn't been relevant. So he moves from the Indians to the Mets in the offseason, and you see a drop-off in his game. He starts batting 180 to start the year. He's barely getting on base, really low WRC+. He's just not performing. Now, as time goes on, he will indeed get better, but Matthew Stafford is going from a team that wasn't contending... Maybe he had a couple big games, a couple big playoff games, and then he's going to go to the bright lights of L.A. and expect to be one of the best in the league. I just can't say that yet. I know Stafford can. I know he can, but I'm just not going to expect him to all of a sudden. Finally, I filled out the rest of my list. I have the Cowboys around the middle. I think the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. It's a race between them and the football team. The football team has the better defense. Fitzpatrick, he's a good vet. He could lead that. You still have Terry McLaurin. You brought in Curtis Samuel. Got Antonio Gibson. The team's going to be good. So it's going to be Cowboys, football team. Those are the two competitors. I think the Eagles can maybe turn up. The Eagles can maybe do something. But for now, I'm saying Cowboys, football team there. So that basically rounds up the middle of my list. And then obviously the end is the Texans, the Jets, the Panthers, just the bottom the bottom feeders, as we should say. I want to draw back to the NBA real quick because I want to talk about this whole Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green discussion. There's been a lot of talk about how Jalen Green is better than Cade. Now, he's first of all, he's not. Okay, Summer League games should not overrate a player. I hate when we do this it's called recency bias you see a guy on tv and it makes sense you see a guy on tv succeeding and you want to be oh my gosh this guy's insane he's better than so-and-so we've done this for so many years in so many sports but it has to stop now cade cunningham is the far better defender he can score the ball on all three levels so can Jalen green he's basically not as athletic as Jalen, but he's there cade is a better passer the list goes on. Cade is the better player. Is Cade in a better environment? No. He lives in Detroit. Not as much help. But the, as I said in my previous podcast, the Pistons are my sleeper for the play-in tournament. And Jalen Green is not better. Jalen Green, I think, has more upside than Cade. I think Cade is going to be good, but it's not as insane of an upside. I see Jalen Green as a insane upside I'm trying to think of athletic players who could shoot D Rose in his prime except he wasn't big Russell Westbrook could shoot it a little bit when he was with the Thunder his first couple years now he can't but he has that upside but if I were to pick who's gonna have a better career it's Cade because I think Cade has more tools he has more things that will succeed in the NBA so that's why I'm gonna to have to pick Cade and it. You can argue with me all you want. I like Mobley at three, but I still think if we're talking just Jalen and Cade, Cade is better. Moving on to the MLB. I'm sorry, there's something bugging with Spotify right now. I can't add the sound effects that my boy Keith had. I will have them next time. But we're gonna get to the N the MLB. San Francisco Giants continue to win baseball games. The White Sox continue to roll. The Yankees are heating up. The A's stay right there. I'm going to start, though, with the Field of Dreams game. One of the best baseball games I have ever seen on TV between the White Sox and the Yankees. Now, if you haven't seen Field of Dreams, pause this podcast, go watch it, and come on back. In my The first time I watched this movie, when I was 8 years old, I fell in love. I fell in love with this movie It's one of my favorites of all time. It is a top three baseball movie of all time. In my opinion, my top three are The Sandlot, Field of Dreams, and 42. I know 42 is extremely recent, but that movie is a classic. RIP Chadwick Boseman. But anyway, go watch that if you haven't. But this game, everything about it was perfection. You had the intros, walking through the corn, the music from the movie playing... You saw tons of homers. Judge went off. Tim Anderson went off. Aloy Jimenez went off. Big home run by Stanton. You had it all. Then the walk-off by Tim Anderson in the end. It was amazing. Kevin Costner threw out the first pitch. He walked out. I just loved it all. So, I want to credit MLB. They said they're going to do it again next year. It is a must-watch. If You can probably go back and watch the game, but I loved it. It was absolutely phenomenal. So, Props to MLB for that. Also, some other MLB news. The Dodgers just beat the Mets. uh, Sunday Night Baseball obliterated them. Kevin Pilar even came in to pitch. And a lot of teams continue to do good. The Braves actually took over in the NL East, even with no Ronald Acuna Jr., their franchise guy. They're finding a way to finally win games. And winning the NL East isn't great, but you still make the playoffs. In my opinion, whatever NL East team wins will get bounced first round by the NL Central team. And then obviously the two NL West teams will play in the DS as well. So I like what the Astros are doing. I can go on and on about all these teams. I'm going to continue to say my World Series prediction is Giants-White Sox. And it's going to stay like that probably unless a freak injury happens later on. But it's Giants-White Sox right now. I said that two months ago. I'm going to stand by it. Now, I'm going to have a new segment today. Little League World Series begins Thursday. I've got all of it. It is going to be phenomenal. We are going to start with a couple games I've been watching throughout the week. I saw Northern California versus Southern California. I'm from SoCal, but I'm a no Northern California supporter of teams. It was great. It was 0-0 all the way until the 6th, I believe. Both teams... Gave up one hit. Both of the pitchers were dealing. Controversial call on the black. Ump called the ball that results in a rally for Southern California. They went on to win, I believe, seven zip. So just a phenomenal game. I love that one. A lot of these kids are just too big for the field, it seems. The fields are tiny. They're just hitting bombs as they're 12 and 13 years old. So Little League World Series is great. I wish Pony League World Series got a little more recognition Obviously, I'm biased because I played Pony League, but it's more real baseball. Now, I love the Little League World Series, but they have a lot of ticky-tack rules that aren't necessarily the real game. But obviously, the partnership with ESPN helps. So, Little League World Series, make sure you guys watch that on Thursday because it is going to be awesome. Um, I love it every single season. All those kids, they get longer summers, and it's awesome. Uh, So, yeah. I'm going to finish off with some sorry I'm talking so slow but I've got a little more news NFL wise I'm gonna draw right back to that so Belichick I I wanted to have this conversation somebody asked me this question now I'm gonna go through the questions on my Instagram for the final four or five minutes of my podcast I'm gonna go through the questions on Instagram and I address them on my story but I'm gonna go more in depth I'm gonna actually take you down an in-depth road okay so Mac Jones now Mac Jones in my opinion will be starting later on in the season but Cam Newton will win that job week one Cam Newton is still a great quarterback and I think with all the weapons Belichick brought in John Smith, Hunter Henry Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar the list goes on with all the people they brought in give Cam a chance Cam was throwing to Nikhil Harry a couple times last year. Nikhil Harry is not good. I had him in fantasy. That was a nightmare. So give Cam a chance. We've seen what Cam has done. Cam with Carolina led his team to a Super Bowl MVP at Auburn. He was a stud. He made a name for himself. Just let the dude... I know he's old, but he grinds so hard every offseason. Just give him a chance. If he sucks, you have Mac. Mac is your safety. And I think Mac will start later on in the season, but... Just give Cam a shot. That's all I ask Bill. And I think Bill will do that. Because Bill is one of, if not the, best coach in football. So, that's what I'm going to go with. I really, I keep saying that's what I'm going to go with. But that's what I'm going to go with. I really think that Cam ends up starting week one. But Mac will fill out later. Now, I'm going to highlight, I believe there were a couple more. My friend Tyler, he asked me, who do I think is the most intriguing team, or who do I think is the most underrated team that could possibly break out? There are a lot on my list, but I'm gonna go with the New Orleans Saints. This is an interesting take, but I'm gonna document it. Obviously, it's gonna be on my on my Instagram. The New Orleans Saints have this guy named Jameis Winston who hasn't got a chance to have an insane offense for a couple years, and he grinds for those chances. The dude is good. He was the number one overall pick. He was People consider him a bust, but he was supposed to be phenomenal. So this guy's going to be great. You still have Camara. You brought on some other dudes. Once Michael Thomas gets healthy, this team could be a wildcard team. I know Drew Brees is gone, but it all depends on one guy, Jameis Winston. All of these questions I answered over the last couple days, I know it seems boring or repetitive, but a lot of the NFL teams depend on how the quarterback plays. The Chargers' performance this year depends on how good Justin Herbert does. The Dolphins' performance this year depends on how good Tua Tunga-Vailoa does. The Ravens depends on Lamar Jackson. The list goes on. So when I continue to repeat myself, it's because that's how important quarterbacks are. They need to perform, especially when you put the pieces all around them. Jameis Winston doesn't necessarily have the pieces all around him, but if he balls out, they can make the wild card. Matthew Stafford, if he balls out, they could win the division. But it all is on the shoulders of these QBs, these unproven QBs in big spots. That is what I'm intrigued about most for this year. And if I were to pick another question by my friend Tyler, if I were to pick the, the biggest breakout year by a player in the NFL this year, it'd be Justin Herbert. Because I think he has the weapons with Keenan Allen, the offensive line. They increased it. They got it a lot better with Slater. You still have Bosa on the line, on defense. You still have Derwin James. I mean, you have dudes. You have dudes. You just got to stay healthy. I think that was the issue with the Chargers last year. Tough schedule. Couldn't stay healthy. New stadium. The whole shebang. So Justin Herbert's my, my prediction for breakout star. Deshaun Watson also didn't attend practice again. It's not looking good for him. It's not looking good for Trevor Bauer either, but I'm not going to get into that until there's a court ruling, obviously. Uh, Falcons become first 100% vaccinated NFL team. So that's 22 minutes of your guys' time. I love talking to you more than anything. That is why I'm going to make it a future for myself. So phenomenal day, phenomenal time talking to you. I hope you guys have a great week. It is going to be my first full week of school. Wish me luck, but hope you guys have a phenomenal rest of your day, phenomenal rest of your week. Peace.